0: We are holding in Malachim Aleph by Perik Tesvav, Perik Tesvav, Chapter 15. And we're, we began last week discussing the two kingdoms of Klal Yisrael, the, what's called the Mamlecha, the Mamlecha of the Aserah, the kingdom of the ten tribes, versus the kingdom of the two tribes, which is some, sometimes called one tribe, but it's really the kingdom of the two tribes of Binyamin and Yehuda. And as we discussed this very quickly, that uh, we when the concept of Malchus, when Malchus began, it began with one king for all of Klal Yisrael. And that was the first three kings, Shaul HaMelech, and then David HaMelech, and then Shleim HaMelech. They were kings over the entire Klal Yisrael. But ultimately, during the time of Shlem HaMelech's lifetime already, we talked about it that although Shleim HaMelech was definitely looked at as a Tzadik in general, but there were certain um, certain critiques that Hashem had with Shleim HaMelech, specifically connected with his wives' who many of them were pagan, and um, Shleim HaMelech did not protest that enough. And Hashem already had, Shleim HaMelech was told b'nevuah that the malchus would be split. And he was told it won't be in your lifetime, but it'll be in your son's lifetime, that the malchus will be split. And that's what happened. We talked about uh, after Shleim HaMelech passes away, his son is Rehavam, Rehavam is his successor. But immediately Kalal Yisrael comes to Rehavam and they have a request that he should be easier and them, lighter on them. And consults. He consults with the elders, consults with young, and ultimately he he says he's not going to be easy with them. And that's when the ten tribes leave him, and they make for themselves the king Yeravam, Yeravam ben Nevat. So once when we talk about the split, the split begins with Rechavim versus Yeravam. Rechavam is the descendant of Shevet Yehuda. Rechavam is the son of Shlaima, who's the son of David. So he's a grandson to David Hamelach. And Yeravam is new. He was not, a, you know, wasn't a Melech before. But Yeravam is the first melech of the ten Shavotim. Um Both of these people were tzaddikim initially. And Yeravam initially was, um, he was made a king by a by Achia He told him that he was going to become a, um, a melech. So Yeravam was worthy of kingdom. But ultimately Yeravam especially went totally off. And as we talked about the fact that he made Avedizara. Uh, he, he really introduced um, Avedizara in Mass to Klal Yisrael. He created two egel Hazovs, two um, golden calves, and he put them on the roads, um, not allowing all of his subjects to go to Yerushalayim, to the of HaMikdash. And I think we talked about it a bit, that really it was an ego trip. It was He was, uh, as great as he was, he had a tremendous ego. And because of that, he couldn't handle that the Jewish people will go to Yerushalayim. And there, the king that's going to get the most attention is going to be the king from Beis David, from Yehuda. And therefore, he cut out the whole Yerushalayim. Not just that he cut out Yerushalayim, he even made his own Yomtev we discussed, he really, he really moved Klal Yisrael terribly away from Torah, away from Hashem. <clears throat> there's something, I, I don't think, I, I think I forgot to mention last week. And that is that there's a very po- powerful medrash that tells us about Yeruvam's greatness and the greatness of his ego. But it says that Yeruvam was sinned so much, and one time Hashem Himself comes to Yeruvam in some form some form of prophecy. And it says, Yeruvam chazer he says, Yeravim, do tshuva. V'ani va'ata u'ben David, be'yachad Hashem gives him an offer you can't refuse. He says, if you do tshuva, so you and myself, Hashem, and the king from Alchus, Beis David, will walk together in Ganeidim. And you think, you know, what, you know what, 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 more, what, what better offer can you get? And amazingly, Yeravim had one question to ask. Who's going to go in front? Me or the king from Beis David? Me Beresh. And Hashem said Ben David Beresh. Malchus ultimately belongs to Ben David. So Yeravim says, So I'm not interested. And he never did Shuvah. Never did tshuva. Um in, in, in interior perspective, Yeravim is one of the worst people, one of the worst Yidin that ever lived. In fact, as we said in Pirkei Avos, he's the example that's used for Chota as that not only he sinned, but brought sinfulness in this tremendous degree to all of Klaal Yisrael. The Gemara says he doesn't have elam haba. Uh, there's opinions that he does have in some form. Okay, that's a discussion for itself. But anyways, that's Yiravam. Yiravam again is the is the is the first one of the um, of the uh, of the malchus asaris Ashvatim and the one that set it off on a very very bad path. At the same time, back in the two tribes, Yiravam also ultimately went bad, not to the, not to the level of Yiravam. But Rechavam also, um, as he got older towards the end of the days, also idolatry became something that was, uh, that was rampant also in the malchus of the of two the Shvatim. And that's really where we finished last week. Last week, in the end of Yudalad, we have um, Yeravam passes away, and he's you know, in the malchus of the Asaras of the Shvatim, and Rechavam passed away, and he's in the malchus of the two And that's really where Tesvav begins at the next step. And really, what we're going to be doing over the next many Prakim is going back and forth in the two kingdoms. That's how the Tanakh is written. We're going to go to the king in and, Nasaras and, and then to Malchese based David, and back and forth, and back and forth. And really, it's just—it's—I it's, mean, really, the only way to remember is to write write it down. Really, or or just to look it up again and again. But it's. Um, it's a lot of different names, and each one had a was a king for a different amount of times. And we're going, to go, we're, we're going to be going back and forth. But as we'll see, at certain points, the Navi goes uh, at length into a certain detail or a certain story. Um, we'll see till where we get tonight. But I hope if we get to the beginning of the story of Eliyahu Navi, that's where we go off in a lengthy piece about Eliyahu Navi. And um, okay, again, we'll see till where we get. So let's begin. Paraktesev. It was in the 18th year of Yeravam when Aviyam became the king on Yehuda. Again, they're always comparing, like in his, the year of his reign comes the new Melech here. Okay, so we're not going to be introduced to, the, to Aviyam. Aviyam is the son of Rechavam, right? So Aviyam is in the two tribes, from the Malchi Yehuda, and he is the son of, of um, Rechavam. And he becomes king during the reign of Yeravim. So Yeravim is still in the Ten Tribes. Now Aviam becomes the king. Um, Aki, the says, he's going to be a king for three years. His mother's name is Macha, and she's a daughter of Avshalom. Avshalom, who was the son who rebelled against David HaMelech. So he's uh, you know he has you know, a lot of royalty in his blood. But unfortunately, Aviyam went in the ways of his father Rechavim. Just like as we said his father Rechavam ultimately um, also uh, went off the, the, the uh, proper path and ultimately he himself um, allowed Avid as well. So Aviam, the second king of the two tribes, also went in the way of his father. Um, and as the Apostlech says, he, uh, he wasn't like his grandfather David. He wasn't like David Amalek who went in the ways of Hashem all his, all his days aside from in the one story of Uriah Achiti. Um, the Pasuk makes that point over here. But Aviyam, again, goes in the ways of of, um, of his father, Rechavam, And the Pasuk says that there was always battle between the house of Rehavam and the house of Yeravam, And that's all. It doesn't really go into it. It says and the different stories and the battles of Aviyam are written in the books of the time, uh, in the books of the Malchi Yehuda. And there was always Muhammad, There's was always battle between the house of Aviyam and Yeravam. And Avim passes away. Pasaches vaYishka Avim and Mavoisav Avim passes away and is buried with his uh, with his fathers in uh, with the Malchus David. Okay, so we have two Melachim already from the Malchus Beis David after the split, Rechavam and Avim. Now, now comes the next Melach of the Malchus Beis David, and this is Asa. Of Beshe- uh, it says uh, Asa now, who is the son of Avim. Becomes the new Melech. but Asa turns it around. Asa is a righteous king. Asa, uh, and Asa is going to be a king for a lengthy period of time—forty-one years. The pasuk says, "The next forty-one years, the king of the of Malchibes David, of the two tribes, is going to be be Asa. Forty-one years, Melech Birushalayim. That is, that is, um, um, that's Asa." asa Hashem asa did what was proper in the eyes of Hashem. he went in the ways of his father David. David. Um, he removed all the idolatry from the land. He removed the immorality of the land. There was a tremendous amount of immorality and idolatry, and so you had forty years of a, of a very uh, long and sustained melucha, where Klali at least the two tribes, are back on the derech Hayosher, the way of Hashem. And, yes, sure. Yes. Okay. Yes. And what about the other tribes? So, so the other tribes we'll see traveled around a little bit. They didn't have one base. Malchib base David was always Yerushalayim. And they always had the base yes. uh, that was, And that was why it was Yehuda and Binyamin, which even in Yisrael, Yerushalayim is in the area of Binyamin, which is an adjacent to Yehuda. So the Malchi based David were always based in Yerushalayim. And the Beis Amikdash was always in Yerushalayim. And they were there, and that was always their center. Um, from David Amal, that never changed. All the way till the end, that never changed. The other Malachim, so when it comes somewhere from Ephraim, that Yeravon comes from, but we'll see as we go through them, some came just from different Shvatim. You know, once it wasn't based on Yehuda, it could really be anyone. So Malachi based David was based on Yehuda. David Amal comes from Yehuda, and that's... Uh, you know, that the kingdom was promised to Yehuda, so they were always in Yerushalayim. Others were around town, depending on the individual Malach Okay. Um, so this is uh, we're talking now about the kingdom of Asa, again the the first the first one who remained at tzaddik really of the Malchibes David here, um, and it talks about just his 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 um, he had a passion for doing the right thing and setting things straight. Even he had his grandmother who was Macha. Who was his father's mother? Who she was a famous idolatrous woman, so and she was very influential. It says he removed her from her from her post, and he and the, the idols that she had created, he, he destroyed. Um, he was very he was very passionate about bringing Kaliyisro back to the ways of Hashem. Um, not just that, it says he uh, very much was involved in, um, in donating to the Beis HaMikdash, and he gave all types of gifts to the Beis HaMikdash, and the Kodshim, the things that his father had promised the Beis HaMikdash, he brought to the Beis HaMikdash. And this was Asa. So Asa is considered one of the great kings of Klal Yisrael, of the Malchebes David. Now, during that time, there was a battle. And the battle was with the king of the Ten Tribes. Now we're gonna read now about a king of the 10 tribes that we didn't really reach, we didn't read yet about him, but he comes up here because he's part of this battle. And his name is Basha. And again, we'll see where Basha comes in the picture as we again we're gonna go back and forth. But now it just says that Basha, the king of Israel, came to do battle with the um, with the, with the uh, people of Yehuda. And this Basha was um, had a had his people build. A tremendous fortress around Yerushalayim from which they could attack Jerusalem. He, he had this this huge uh, building that he was, that Basha had commissioned to be built around Yerushalayim from where they could attack the um, the Shevet Yehuda, which was in Jerusalem. So what did Asa what did Asa do? So Asa took he said he took all of the um, the gold and the silver that there was in the treasure houses, in the Besamikdash, and in the king's home. And he took his center with his servants to the king Hadad, um, who was the king of Aram at the time. Aram was a, as a neighboring nation. And Aram was good with David and Melach, way back, his great-grandfather. So he took a tremendous amount of money, and he sent it to him, and he says, remember the covenant that we have between your father and my father and my grandfathers. He says, here, take this money, but I need you to help me. He says, the other, the, the ten tribes are are choking us. They're trying to, they're building this building around Yerushalayim. They're doing battle with us. I know they're receiving help from you. I want you to cut off your ties with them. I want you to help me. So basically, Asa over here is paying off the um, non-Jewish kingdoms in the area. But this is specifically the one of Haddad from Aram. That you should help him. And it was successful. The uh, Ben Haddad listened to this. Um, and he sent his uh, he sent his soldiers to go and help the the armies of Asa against the armies of the ten tribes that were led by Basha at the time. And Basha heard this and he understood that he would be defeated, and he backed off. He backed off from this uh, from his battle against Asa and his kingdom. And at this time, it says the king Asa he said he commanded all of Klah Yisrael, everyone without any exception, to come. And everyone um, was involved in destroying that fortress that Basha had built around Yerushalayim. And it's interesting that these last two things that Asa did, we find that Chazal criticized him for. Because even though Asa was way better than the kings before him, and he wasn't Aved Azarim, to the contrary, but there were two mistakes that the Gemara talks about that were his the critiques. One is that he used all the monies from the Beis Hamikdash in order to buy, him, buy off the... Uh, his, his uh, non-Jewish neighbors to help him. Um, they said he should have had more Bitochen and Hashem, and that sent all the money to the to pay off the non-Jewish neighbors. And the other thing is that later it says that he had everyone come, everyone without exception, come do the work of the king. And that included, it says, he took even Talmud HaChachamim, and the people who are supposed to, are Abbanim, and even the Hassanim who had just got married. He said, everyone has to come do that way of the king. And the Gemara says this was a critique against Assam who again was definitely looked at as a Melech Tzadik, but nevertheless there were these critiques, and that's what we have at the end, that towards the end of his lifetime, it's already 40 years later, but he became very, very ill. It says uh, he had a tremendous uh, sickness in his legs and his feet. Um, There's different opinions what exactly he was, if it was some type of uh, very powerful cellulitis, according to some, but it says that (laughs) he had a tremendous uh, khilas, and ultimately he passed away in great pain from that sickness. So this is the king Asa, um, again, just to remember our, our seder here. So, after Rechavam, who ultimately was yes involved in Avedazarah, we had a son Aviam, who was also involved in Avedazarah. But then you have Asa, who is a king, a Hatzadek and he was a king for forty years over the Malchay Bezdavid. David. He passes away, and after him is going to be the next uh, king, and that's going to be Shafat, who's again going to be a, a king atzadik. But we're going to learn about him later because now we're going to in pasik hafei we shift now and see what's going on on the other side of the river not river but the other side of the country in the with the tent with the ten shvatan. okay so pasik hafei talking about the ten shvatan, we left off with uram right Yeravon, who was the first the king of the ten shvatan, and in the last chapter he passed away now the pasuk says after uram passes away you have his son nodav uh, Nodav. Nodav is the second king of the ten Shvatim, and Nodav was a chip off the old black. He was just like Yeruvim. Again, David um, Azara says, He did evil in the eyes of Hashem, he went in the way of his father, in the sins. And uh, Nodav just continued the sin- Nadav, Nadav. Uh, yeah, Nadav. Nadav continued the sinfulness of his father, Yerovam ben Nevat. Now, um, Nadav's kingdom is very short-lived, because Basha ben Achia, totally different family, not connected to the same Shavit, he comes from the Shavit Yisachar, no kingdom whatsoever, but Basha stages an uprising, and it seems that Nadav was in a certain city, he was fighting the Plishtim and Gifton, and... Basha has this uh, uprising, and he kills Nodav. So this, again, the second king of the ten tribes, now Nodav, is killed by an uprising led by a guy named Basha. But it's a very bloody uprising, and Basha kills not just Nodav, he kills everyone in the family, all of Yeruvam's descendants he kills up, Which really, as we know, is the fulfillment of a prophecy, which we learned about last week. Because last week, if you recall, um, Yeravam had sent his wife to Achia Ashiloni because their son was sick. Right? Remember, Achiyah, um, y- y- um their son was sick, and Yeravam had sent his wife in disguise to Achia Ashiloni. And Achiah said a terrible voice says, "Your husband, I made him king, and he went against the ways of Hashem, and everyone is going to be killed." Out. And this is where it happens. one generation later. It happens um, when when their son Nadav is is killed, and everyone, all the family, everyone is killed by this by, by this uprising which was staged by Basha. And as the Pesach says, that all of this is the fulfillment of the prophecy that was said, the Kidvar Hashem, that was said, Be'ad Avdo, through his servant, Echi HaShiloni, because of the sins of Yerovam, that he sinned and brought sinf- sinfulness to Klai Yisrael and caused tremendous anger by Hashem. So this is the end of Nodov, and really it's the end of the family of Yerovam. So, and, and again, I, I want to be clear about something. The ten tribes, I said it before, what I'm reiterating, the ten tribes is not one successive family of monarchs. It's not, it's not, there isn't, it's not a monarchy in one family line. That's the distinction between that and the two tribes. The David Yehuda was always dubbed his grandsons. The ten tribes is not that way at all. At this point, Yeravam's family is finished. Okay? Now the one who takes over now is this guy, Basha, who's not any better than any of his predecessors. Um, as the Pasach says the Pasach Lamed Gimel, that Basha, he was a king for a long time, for 24 years. But he also, Vayas Hashem, he did evil in the eyes of Hashem. He went in the ways of Yeravim, and his sins, that he brought sinfulness to the Jewish people. So, the, and with this we finish chapter 16. Um, so, the story, where are we holding now? Let's just remember. In the two tribes, we had Rechavam, we had Rechavam's son Aviam. Um, both were no good. Then we had Asa, who was very good. This was a big tzaddik, who was for 40 years a king, 41 years. And Asa passed away, and his son Yehoshaphat became the new king. That's where, we were, that's where we're holding with the two tribes. With the ten tribes, we had Rechav, We had Yerovam, who was terrible. Um, Yerovam uh, was succeeded by his son Nadav, who was also no good. Nadav was killed. By Basha, not of an entire family was killed by Basha, who again is not is not any better. They're all idolatrous, one after the other. That's what we're holding now in the story of the two Mamlachas, the two kingdoms of the Jewish people. Okay? Paret Design. yes. I don't hear you. Sorry, I hear you. Sure. Sense. What is the relationship of Basha to who, whoever it was? Nothing. 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 He staged an uprising. He was not a king or from a king's family. He he it was a coup, it was a military coup. There was no relationship. Different Shaivit, different tribe, nothing. Rabbi he said that he built a fortress around Jerusalem. Correct. It's the same Basha? yes yes again because're it's two stories that keep they keep on inter becoming intertwined. So we learned about the fortress when we were talking about the story of the of the Shvatim. but then when we're talking about the 10 we find out how that king came to be a king but it's the same Basha for sure the same Basha yeah okay yeah it's it's it, it's complex you just have to be you're, we're constantly going to be going back and forth and for many pro that's just the way Malachim is okay Per var Hashem um, El Yehu ben Chanoni, another Navi of the time. Again, the Naviim of that time, most of them we read about them, we don't know much about them. Yehu ben Chanoni was a Navi. And Hashem gave him a nevuah about Basha. And, ba- and basically Hashem the Navi says, Hashem says, I picked you up from the dirt, I made you a king over my people. Right? Because, as we said, Basha was no one. I mean, he, was, he wasn't part of any family. And yet, he's a melech 24 years over Klai Yisrael. He says, Hashem, Hashem says, I picked you up from the dirt. I made you a Navi. And what do you do? You go in the ways of Yeravam, And you continue to bring sinfulness to my nation, to Klai Yisrael, to get me angry. He says, um, you, what's, it's going to happen to you exactly what happened to Yeravim. And, and actually, you're the one who fulfilled what happened to Yeravam. You're the one who killed out Yeravim's family. But ultimately, you're not any better than them. And again, the Navi and these Naviim are very, very the the, the are very powerful. He says that the ones who are in the city will be will be eaten by the dogs, and those who are in the field will be eaten by the birds of the sky. He says the entire family is going to be destroyed. That's what the Navi Yehu came to said in Nivua. The Pasik says again that the all the stories of Basha and his kingdom are written in the books of the time, and the terror doesn't go into it. The Navi doesn't go into it and says Basha passed away, and he's buried with his father in Tirzah. And after Basha, the king after him is his son, Ela. Ela is the next king of the Malchi Yisrael, the ten tribes. And Ela is not any better. He's not any better than Basha. And the words of Yehu ben Hanani, of that, that prophecy of the destruction of the house of Basha is going to happen, Taka, in the, in the time of his son, of this, of this Ela. As we'll see. So I mean, just to to point out, so far, the ten tribes did not have one good king, uh, so far, one one after the other. I mean, you rub them at the very beginning, but once that just went downhill and never came back uphill, at least not yet. Okay. Um, Says the Pasuk, that we have here a situation... Uh, the Pasuches. So it says that, you know, in X amount of years, Asa is still the king. On the other side of the story, Asa is still the king, because you'll recall, Asa was the king for 40 years. So a number of kings in the malchi base Yisrael play themselves out during the lifetime of Asa. So Elah, the son of Basha, now becomes the king. And again, also an idolatrous person. He has a servant named Zimri. Um, Zimri says that he had... He had Zimri was a... Uh, was a general or a czar in the army. Uh, uh, he was a leader over half the army. Um, and Zimri, uh, uh, by, uh, this Ela, the present king Ela, was somewhere and he was just, says he was by a party and he was drunk. And Zimri sees this and Zimri kills him. Zimri is uh, one of his generals and Zimri sees an opportunity and he does away with the king. But, uh, he, he kills him. Um... And um, again, and he does he does to Ela exactly what Basha did to to, uh, to, to descendants. He says nobody's left from Basha's family. Zimri Zimri destroys all of Basha's family again. Basha's son now is Ela. He kills Ela and destroys whatever is uh, left over from Basha's family, just as Hashem said would happen through the Navi Yehu that we just read earlier, because of all the sins of Basha and the sins of his son, Elah, um, that they sinned, and they brought sinfulness to Klai Yisrael, and angered Hashem, and so on. And the rest of the life story of Elah is written on the, again, Ksuvim, Al-Sefer, Dira, are written in the chronicles of the time. So now, Zimri is the king, because Zimri is this general who just, again, staged this uh, coup, and he killed the king, Elah. But a very, very short-lived story. Zimri, because Zimri really just, you know, he took kingdom by killing the king. But the nation wasn't happy with that. So the nation hears that Zimri, um, you know, staged this revolt and had the king killed. So the the rest of the nation takes as a king a person named Omri, who is the other general. Zimri was one general. We said he's general of half the army. Omri is the general of the other. So the Jewish people say, we're going to follow Omri. And Omri and all the Jewish people go behind him and they come up to this area where Zimri had staged this coup and they surround him and Zimri runs into a palace and they put the palace on fire and this Zimri and this Zimri is is, is, is killed as well. And that's the end of Zimri. Zimri was the king for a whole week. That's it. He he had, he, he killed the pre-King Elah and he's considered a king but he's a king for a very short period of time and now the new king is Omri. Um, the plastic says, even then, there was some politics. There was Umri and there was Tivni, two people, but ultimately everyone followed Umri. Um, and, uh, and Umri is now the king of the ten nations. Right? So if we, let's just run through this. If we can remember what are, what, what, what are the kings of the ten nations we have so far. We had Uravam. We had his son Nadav. Nadav was killed by Basha. Basha's son was Elah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't have a list in front of me. Um, this alo was killed by Zimri. Zimri was now killed by Umri. And that's who now was the king of the Ten Tribes. None of these people are on the Darke Hashem, in the Ways of Hashem. These are all idolatrous people. But now the leader of the Ten Tribes is a person whose name is Umri. And the pasuk says that Amri did some building for the Jewish people. He built certain cities, but ultimately he also went in the ways of Yiravam and Benavot, and he continued the idolatrous trends of the Jewish people. And the the story of Amri is written on the history of the time, and Amri passes away as well. Which brings us now to Amri's son, and he's already very famous, and that's Achav. And this is where the story of Eliyahu starts really, and that's and Achav is as bad and worse than everyone that preceded him. I mean, it's a, it's a terrible story, the story of the Ten Tribes. There's there's no question that this is the leadership of the Ten Tribes. There were always people who who held on tight, who were shame and, and But the kingdoms, the kings of the Ten Tribes were almost always very, very negative. That's the story of Tanakh. So Amri's son is Achav, Achav the son of Amri. Um, and he becomes a king, it's still the very end of Asa. On the other side, Asa is still alive. Because you'll recall, Asa is king for 41 years, so there's like five or six kings in, in malachi Yisrael that, that are you know, in rapid succession all during Asa's lifetime. So as the Pasuk says in Pasuk Choftas, that um, Achav the son of Amri, becomes the king on Yisrael in the 38th year of Asa, malachi Yehuda, just before Asa is going to pass away. And Achav is going to become a king for the following 22 years. Um, as the Passock says, Achav was worse in the eyes of Hashem than all those that came before him. And it says it says that the great, the terrible sins of Yeravam were the light sins of Achav. And Achav famously married a terrible woman as well, and her name was Izebel. She wasn't Jewish at all. Izebel, or how, how's it called? It? Jezebel? How do they call her? something like that. So um, Ahav marries Isevel and she's the daughter of Esbaal, the king of the Tzidonim. And she brings a new type of Avodah to the Jewish people that the Jewish people didn't know of until that time. And that is the Avodah of the Baal. Okay, please. Um, So this this um, please close the door. So this, um, where am I holding? Ah, so Achav marries Izevel, and she's the king of Sidonim, and she introduces Claudius to the uh, Veiduzara of the Baal. And the Baal is going to become, because of her, because of Izevel and her husband Achav is going to become a very dominant Veiduzara and Claudius but that's something that she picked up in her hometown, where she comes from. She never converted. She was a, she was a Goyesh woman, a pagan. And it says they created Mizbeches for the Baal all over. Um... Achav just continued to do and to anger Hashem more than all the Malchai Israel, more, more than all the kings of the Jewish people that were before him. Okay. Yes. You say she introduced Baal, but I mean the Torah really talks about Baal. So what does she introduce? The Torah talks about Baal. when they were um when they left the Shrine talks about the Baal yes okay but I don't know that the Baal is the same as the Baal you know what I don't know it's it's an interesting point they both definitely the the Baal you know there's called Baal maybe it is but you know I don't know the answer to that question but here in Navi we never read about the Baal Um, in all these years that they were in Eretz Yisrael we talked about there was different Aved uh, Baal begins here, really, as an Ave Avedezer that was something dominant amongst Tal Yisrael. So even if that Baal is the same idea, but it seems that never really made it into the Jewish uh, conscience yet. So was there a difference between David's wives who did um, white idol worship and this one, or was this one like really much worse? Well, she, she, as we're going to see, we're going to learn with her, it's, she, she was a lot more than idol worship. She. Uh, Shirazal, she introduced, she forced everyone to do idol worship. She wasn't just a personal thing. And she was also a mass murderer as we'll see. I mean, she was, she was there to stamp out Torah and Chachamim and everything. We'll see, the story of Ezebel is terrible. And uh, she, was, she, 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 um, she was worse than Achav. She, she egged Achav on to become the, the evil king that he was ultimately. As we'll, as we'll see, we'll see the story. of was worse than David's wives. So, yeah, so it seems. Also, also, David, Shlomo's wives all had converted they all converted before they married them but then they receded into certain childhood practices that they were used to. This was, this, she never converted at all. She just wasn't an idolatrous woman. She never, we're talking here about Rishayim, all of them are Rishayim, the husbands and the wives. When they come, wives definitely converted. The Gemara says they converted. Ramon talks about their conversion. Uh, the problem was that the conversion wasn't complete enough so that they fell back. They receded back to, to certain earlier tendencies. back <laughs> Like, what, what is different, a different regular Okay. Good question. I'll I'll take that as homework. <laughs> I don't I don't know the answer to that question now. I I don't know um, if I can find the answer, but I'll try um, to <laughs> have that, that answer. Ball, Alicia, or Alina, or yes. Talking. Yes. 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 The and story... story. Yeah. 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 That's the story of the ball. Yeah. We're gonna get to that's that. Yeah. That's all the that Nevea. How about right? Right. Eliyahu is about is about to be introduced into the story. That's uh, the stories of Eliyahu are going to begin now. Oh. Um, but just before that, in pasuk lamed dalid, which is the last pasuk of the chapter, we read about a very interesting incident that happens now. Acha'v has a friend. His name is Chiel, Ch- Chiel Beis Ha'eli, which means it's Chiel. Chiel comes from the city called Beis El. Uh, this Chiel did something that nobody had done in hundreds of years and that is he decided he wants to rebuild Yerichel. Now you'll recall way back in the beginning right when we started learning Navi the first place that the Jewish people came to an Eretz Yisrael was Yerichel. Am, am I not being heard? Am I being heard? Yeah? Okay. Um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, okay, good. No, I, I got a message here that the internet connection is not well. Okay. Um, The first place that Klal Yisrael came to an Eretz Yisrael is Yericho, And Yericho fell to Klal Yisrael in a totally miraculous way. That was the first conquest with Yeshua, um, where Yeshua had them surround the city for six days consecutively, uh, make like a hakafa around the city with uh, the koin and blowing the the yeshaifers. And on the seventh day, is when they blew the Sheferis and the, the, the uh, walls of the city miraculously fell in. And that's how Klal Yisrael conquered the first city in Eretz Yisrael. And Yerichi wasn't just the first city, it was considered the key in order to get into Eretz Yisrael. So when Yerichai fell, Yeshua made a nether. And he said nobody is ever allowed to rebuild Yerichai. And the reason he said that is being that they saw a tremendous nether. And this was the open the opening how they were able to come in and conquer the rest of Eretz Israel. Yeshua wanted that this place should always remain in ruins. The people should see that this is the place that Hashem gave us miraculously and opened up Eretz Israel to us. Chazal said this did not come from Hashem. This came from Yeshua. This idea of not rebuilding Yericho Yir- was from Yeshua. And Yeshua, when he said that, he 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 made a klala, a curse. He said, whoever will rebuild Yericho. He said he'll begin rebuilding with the life of his oldest child and he'll end the rebuilding with the life of his youngest child. He'll lose all his children. That's what Yeshua said. And this was something that was known for hundreds of years. No one touched it. Who's, who wants to start with the claw of Yeshua ben Nun, With their children's life at stake. But this Chiel, who is a uh, friend of Achav, you know, you can tell a person from the type of friends that they have, this Chiel says, I'm going to do it. And he did it. And he built Yerichai. And as he did it, he lost his sons, one after the other. And it didn't stop him. didn't deter him. And that's what the Pasik says over here in Pasik Lama Dalet. Again, the last part in parak design It says, Biyamav, In the days of Achav, um He built this Chiel, built yirichay, yisda. His oldest son's name was Aviram. So when he founded the city, when he started the building, he lost his son Aviram. He lost his son Aviram. The, his youngest son, his name was Sguv, died when he was putting up the doors at the end of the job. Kidvar Hashem, Yeshua, as the words of Hashem, as Hashem said when Yeshua, Benun said it. That's what's going to that's, that's happen. So it happened, but he was such a rusher that, that didn't stop him. He sees this happening, he sees he's losing his sons. Doesn't matter. He did it, and he did it. That's what say, It finishes. That's how Perik the finishes. Starts Perik Yud Zion. And we'll see soon the, the beautiful connection of the pro v'yoymer eliyahu hatishbi veGilad el-achov says eliyahu is called eliyahu hatishbi because he comes from a city called toshur and at this point he lives in a place called Gilad, and he tells Achav, chai Hashem Yisrael I swear by the name of Hashem whom I stand before him if there's going to be uh, rain or dew in these lands only if I say there will be rain will there be rain now this seems to come out of nowhere. <laughs> Who asked? The, where did this come from? Eliyahu Novi tells Achav, I swear there won't be rain. Where, where did? What's the? What's the continuation? Where? where did the statement of Eliyahu and come from? So Chazal say, and Rashi brings it over here very beautifully, that Eliyahu, of course, is is the great Navi, Eliyahu Navi, the great Navi that we always talk about. Um, perhaps the Navi that's most dear to Klal Yisrael. and we'll discuss that Bezu Hashem. But Hashem comes to Eliyahu Novi and says that Chiel. You know, sitting Shiva, because he just lost his last son. Hashem tells Elyonovi, Go go be Menach to Khil. Even though Khil is a tremendous Russia. Elyonovi says, I don't want to go to Khil. Because he's a big Russia. I'm sure he's gonna say things here against Hashem. Hashem says, You go and you do what you gotta do. So Hanovi came to Khil, and who else came to be Manach Mavel at the same time? Achov. Achov the king. So here you have the picture. You have Chiel, the, the builder of Yericho, who lost all his family because of building Yericho, Achov, the Melach Rasha, and Eliyahu and all sitting together in the, uh, in the living room. And Eliyahu Anovi pipes up and he says, Chiel, he says, you know why all your sons died? Because you transgressed the Klol of Yeshua Benun. So Achav is sitting there. And Achav says, Oh, really? He says, Achav says, Who's greater? Yeshua bin nun or Moshe Rabbeinu? So uh, Eliyahu says, Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu is the father of all Navin. Says Achav, So you're saying that he lost all of his sons because Yeshua said that if you rebuild Yericho, um, your sons will die. But Myshur Abeinu already said that if we go away against the ways of Hashem, then there won't be rain and there won't be dew and there will be famine. And look, I'm the king of the Jewish people. We're all idolatrous. There's plenty of rain and we're all doing great. That was Achav's challenge to Leo Hanavi in the Shiva house by Chil. And that's where this Pasuk begins. When Leo Hanavi hears this, he stands up and he says, You asked for it. He says, "There's not going to be another drop of rain. There's not going to be another drop of dew in the whole in the in the, all, the whole um, land of the Saras Hashvatim until I say there will be, because you're David is there. is a Kanoi. He was a, always a zealot for Hashem. We you know Chazal tell us who's a, who's Eliyahu initially, Pinchas Eliyahu, and who's Pinchas in the Torah? Pinchas is the one who stood up to Zimri and Kosbi way back then. So Eliyahu and, and is Pinchas." It's a question, according to some shit, he's a Gilgal of Pinchas, according to others. He lived for hundreds of years, whichever way he's connected to the Aved of Pinchas, which is a void of Kanovs. And Eliyahu also is a, is a Kanoi for Hashem. And when he hears Achav saying these words of, you know, derision, that, you know what, uh, nonsense, you know, M- Moshe is bigger than Yeshua. If Moshe's Nebuas don't happen, Yeshua's Nebuas don't happen. So that's when Eliyahu Navi stands up. And he right away gets into the, immediately creates this, he picks a fight, if you will, with Achav. He says there's not going to be any more rain in Eretz Yisrael. And immediately, that's the end of rain. There's no rain immediately um, in Eretz Yisrael. In fact, the uh, the Gemara says that El asked Hashem, I said, I, I need the key to rain. And, and Hashem, Hashem says, there are certain keys I don't give to anyone there's certain keys that Hashem said only I have at this point said L'Shem Hashem he asked for the Mafteach for Geshem and Hashem gave it to Him. Hashem granted him the key for rain and he said it's going to rain when I say it's going to rain now at this point um, Elohim is in a lot of trouble because Achav is the king and he just basically threatened the king and carried out the threat that there's going to be a famine in his land so the var Hashemi love Lamer, the word of Hashem comes to the and says, Okay, time to uh, head out of town. He says, I need you to go to the east and hide out in a place called Nachal the, Kris, uh, the, the stream near a place called Kris, which is near the Yardin, near the Jordan River. And you'll drink from the Nachal, you'll, drink, you'll live off the water from that, uh, from that Nachal, and I'm going to send Irvin, ravens, and the ravens will feed you. And that's what happens. Eliyahu runs away and he goes and he buys that nachal, and every morning and evening ravens would come and bring him lechem ubasar, bread and uh, and meat, uh, both in the morning and in the evening, and that's how Eliyahu Navi subsisted. He's living himself now, hiding out near a near a stream, um, and living off the ravens. It's interesting that these ravens we learned about way back in Parshas Noach. Right, And Pashas Noach, when Noach is in the, in the Teva, and it's the end of the mabel. it says the first thing is he uh, asks a raven to go and see if the uh, water is dry. And what does the Pasuk say? That the raven didn't do it. It just went until, until Yevoshes, uh, until, until the, the water dried out. So Rashi says that the raven didn't do it because the raven had a job for it later. The raven's job was to take care of Eliyahu Hoa Everything in Hashem's world is exact. And everything has his job, and everything has the time when he's going to come into play. So Hashem, or the raven, I'm not sure who told Noach, the raven, or Hashem, or a Malach, that this is not the raven's mission. The raven has a mission much later in life. And that's going to be the time of Eliyahu and Navi. Fine, Eliyahu and Navi is there, but the problem is, because of this tremendous famine, and there's no rain, ultimately, the stream that he was living off also dried up. There's no water. So there's no water in the stream either. So, Vahidvar Hashem Elove Lamer, The word from Hashem came to you the Navi saying, and he says, "Okay, time to go somewhere else." He goes go to a place called uh, Tsarfas, which is near a place called Tzidon, and there you'll live. And there, there's a woman, an Almana, a widow, and she'll be there. She'll take care of you. And Vayakam Vailach, Navi gets up and he goes to Tsarfas, and he's standing by the by the uh, by the uh, doors or the gates of the city, and he sees a woman gathering some wood. And he does just like Yaakov Avinu did by the uh, by the well, and he says, "Could you I'm, I'm traveling, I'm thirsty, can you bring me a little bit of, of water?" And she says, "Yes." She goes to bring a little bit of water, and he says, "I see you have a little bread in your hand. You know, it's a hunger. Perhaps you can give me a little piece of, a little bit of your bread." So she says, "I said, tell you the truth, this is all I have. I have this little piece of uh, of dough, of flour." Uh, Mamasha, Malik, uh, uh, a handful of flour and a little bit of oil and I have myself and my son to feed I really have only this one last meal we're going to have this meal and that's it I don't know, tomorrow we we'll, as far as I know we're going to die out of, from, from, from hunger I'd love to share but I have nothing to give you Elieva says don't worry about it you make yourself that one uh, an uga, a cake, a cookie a, 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 a roll, whatever it is make one uga but the main thing is, give me the first piece. The first piece should be for me. And for you and your son, take afterward. Because ko yamar like so Hashem has said, that this little bit of flour that you have, the flour will never finish from there. You have a little jug of flour, that flour will keep on going forever. And the oil that you have, the little bit you have, will never get less. Until the time when Hashem will already will bring rain back to the land so there won't be a famine, then you won't need the flour and the oil. But it's interesting. the first Eliyahu says, In order for this to happen, you have to give me the first piece. You know, it's because Eliyahu is at Sadiq. And by giving that first piece to Eliyahu Novi, there will be a bracha, a special bracha, in the flour and in the oil. And that's what happened. And she, the woman believed him. She recognized that this is a man of Hashem. She did, She did as said. And Eliyahu ate. And she ate, and not just then, she, she had a place for Elio to stay. And as the Pasik says, the little bit of flour that she had never finished, and the little bit of oil she had never got less. Like the words that Hashem told through Elio and that's where Elio had his sustenance for that, for the next period of time from this woman and her oil and flour. So let's, let's try to finish the patech. Says the Pasuk, after the story, this woman, as you said, had a child. Right, It was her and her child. And the child became sick. And he became very sick until he passed away. She passed away, so the woman comes to Leo and says, he says, you're responsible for my child passing away. Why? Says like this. Rashi, the Mufarshim explained. She says, as long as you weren't here, Hashem looked at this city I was a tzaddikus in relation to everyone else here. I looked like a tzaddikus. Hashem wouldn't punish me. But when I'm next to you, I'm not such a big tzaddikus anymore. You know, then next to Leo Novi, it's not. A, you know, it's, it's hard to to uh, to retain rank. So she said, because of you, you awaken Hashem's gvura, Because then Hashem is more, you know, scrupulous, more demanding. Because I'm near such a great tzaddik. So Leo Novi hears this, and he says, "Give me your son." And here we have the famous story of Tchias Amesim. Eliyahu Novi takes the son and he brings him up to the attic and he lays him down on the bed and Eliyahu Novi calls out to Hashem and he says, Hashem alikoi he says, why 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 were did you do this, this 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 bad to this poor woman who took me in as a guest in her home to kill her son? And Eliyahu Novi, Daven, Vayikra al Hashem Vayomer Hashem alikoi Hashem toshiv no nefesh hayelad has al return returned the soul of the child to to the child. Now, it's interesting, the Gemara says, at this point, the comes, Hashem and says, I need the key for Amesim. So Hashem says, I already gave you the key for rain. In fact, the Gemara says, Hashem says, there are three keys that I don't give anyone. I don't give the key for rain, I don't give the key for Trias for Amesim, and the key for birth. And now that you already have one, you want a second one, so you'll have two, and I'll only have one. So Hashem says, if you want the key of Trias so Amesim, give me back the key of rain. And that's what happened. And it's at this point that we'll see that the famine is going to stop. Hashem is going to turn the rain back on. Because until this point, Elio said, it's not going to rain until I say it could rain. But in order to give Elio the key of rain, Hashem took, took back the key of rain. Interesting, interesting So anyways, it says that Elio Navi revives this yelad. Hashem Hashem heard the voice of Elio. and returned the life of the child within him. And the child became alive Vayikach elioh, say yeled elioh. he takes the child. Vayurideyum and alia Baisa, because they had gone up to the attic. He brings him down to the to the house. He gives the child to the mother, and he says, "Ri, see, chai b'neich, your son is alive." Atay The woman says to elio, "Ata ze Now I know ki isha lekimata that you truly a man of God." O Hashem beficha emes, the words of Hashem, the true words of Hashem, are in your mouth. And that's the story, the first tremendous nas of Eliyahu Novi that we learn about in Mach is when he did this ness of the HaMesim um, for the son, for the child of the woman who took him in. Which, by the way, the Gemara learns from here how thankful a person has to be and how much a person has to show appreciation for someone who brings them, who takes them in, for Achmas HaSarachim. To, and here he said, Eliyona had the key of Chiyas You He could have been thinking about helping anyone. But no, the first thing was for the person who helped him, the person who took him in in his time of need, and that was for this woman. And that's how we finish Perak Yud Zayin. So as we finish Perak Yud Zayin, where we're, we're, we're holding in the general story is in the Malche base of um, David, of the two tribes so we had the king Asa, who was a tzaddik, who had died already now after 41 years of being a king. And now his son, Yehoshaphat, is going to be the next king. But we didn't learn about him. And in the ten tribes were in the reign of Achav and his wife, who was a terrible Russia as well, Izevel. And they're in the Malchibes Yisrael. And they're doing Aved Zara and bring Aved Zara to Kal Yisrael. And Elyon is really going to be taking on Achav, as we're going to learn in the next parakim, um, Emir Tzahashem.